Welcome to Pentecost Today USA, our official podcast, and uh, I'm your co-host Steve Mancini. And as always, I'm joined by the executive director, Alicia Hartle. Alicia, welcome. Absolutely. It's good to be here, Steve, and we welcome all of you who are listening in or watching. We are here today with a very special guest, and before we introduce her, we're going to share with you um, just a quote, a very brief quote at almost every episode. We're inviting people to talk about their experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit. So this experience of their baptism and their confirmation really being activated in their lives there's, there's a powerful definition that just unpacks this. And so we, we want to share that with you today. And on each episode, we'll share with you a quote from the ECRIS Doctrinal Commission on Baptism in the Holy Spirit. All right. We're going to read that right out of page one, part one. And here we go. Baptism in the Spirit is a life-transforming experience of the love of God the Father poured into one's heart by the Holy Spirit received through a surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Again, very powerful stuff, and that's how this thing opens. So, you know, I've uh, recently finished it. I'm actually going back now to take notes. But uh, a lot here, and, and we've talked about this before, you know, I'm from the cradle. I've been a Catholic, and uh, I'm learning that there is much more out there designed to deepen the faith beyond what I jokingly call, you know, the, the checkbook or the checklist Catholic. So this is very good stuff. And um, it's absolutely transformative because I started reading it. I've become involved in this movement. And, and as we stated before, you know, I've already feel like I'm becoming a different person out of this. So it, it's very good. I do encourage folks that when we're reading these, that you go out there and kind of do your own homework, do your own research. And as always, I do want to put a plug for the website, because it's always a good place to start, PentecostTodayUSA.org. We're going to come back to that because we're going to talk about some events that are coming up later, but I want to encourage folks to go out to the website, start there. But before we go there, let's kind of introduce our guests. Let's talk to Michelle. Michelle, again, thank you very much for taking the time out of your schedule. Thank you. Um, you've definitely come a long way. Uh, <laughs> you're not from across the river, uh, a different river, but, in, but indeed uh, not, not local. Um, Michelle, I want to start, you know, a little bit kind of background for our listeners, you know, who are you? And I, I want to always begin with your ministry background. You know, yes, I want to know some of this, the, what I call the logistics details of your life, but tell us about your ministry background. Well, as you say, I came across the pond, not the <laughs> river. Um, so this is the British accent that you're listening to. Um, and just a potted history is when I look back over my life I'm getting old now so when I look back I can see now that I received a missionary calling when I was 17 years old I left my home I left my family um, because I'd come into the grace of the baptism in the Holy Spirit that changes everything and when I received that grace long story won't go into it but um, it just you know the Lord was calling me forth and I went to into youth ministry um, without any experience, but when you've got the Holy Spirit, he equips you. And then after that, I did some further studies. I uh, trained as a religious education teacher uh, and ended up teaching social science. That's another story. But the Lord has everything in hand because I met some fantastic students uh, who were not the most religious of students, which was great because it gave me an opportunity to begin to minister to them. Um, I met my husband and then we went on to be founder members of a community in England for evangelization. So 
that's been our life as missionaries and a big part of that was serving the international charismatic renewal for 10 years so from well just over 10 years from 2006 to 2017. Now I want to go back to something you said when you were 17 mm. you had an experience was mm. this something that you invited or that this happened I'm curious because I don't know the story. Yes I in a in a sense it happened yeah I, I have no, my family were not uh, a religious family, good family, but not religious. I had no uh, background, and let's just say, long story short, I found myself in a setting where um, people were invited forward to be prayed with. I had no idea what prayer was. As a young person, I don't think you asked too many questions, so I just joined the line. Uh, got to the front and people said, what would you like to receive from the Lord? Well, I didn't know that there were questions involved. So they were very kind and they sort of encouraged me and taught me through a few things. And then, you know, what do I want to receive from the Lord? Everything, everything. Um, that's the naivety of a 16-year-old, you know. When you get older, you say, oh, just a blessing, please. <laughs> the irony is, is I think that a lot of older people don't ask questions anymore. But it's, but it's funny you say that. But that's very interesting mm. because I, I always wonder if this is something that, that one has to invite. Because, you know, you've mm. introduced me to the come Holy Spirit. And, mm. and you know that, but you don't know that. And mm. then I'm reading this and I'm going, I got it now. Mm. It makes sense. Yeah, no, there's such a simplicity and a vulnerability that you see oftentimes in the youth just saying, yes, yes. Lord, I want everything. So it's it's awesome to hear your testimony, not only that first moment of receiving, but also the ministry that the Lord brought you into. And Michelle, as you shared with us, sharing for 10 years, serving the international renewal, we would love to hear any highlights of the work of the Holy Spirit in the church and then internationally as you were serving? Yeah, I, I always say that the renewal mirrors the church. So, you know, people like to say, you know, where in the world is the renewal the strongest? Well, in a sense, where in the world is the church the strongest? You know, and you can measure things in different ways. So you can measure numerically. Uh, you can measure the depth of faith. Not that it's measurable, <laughs> but, you know, you can get a sense of the depth of faith. Um, and you can also measure maybe the, the influence. What difference did the renewal make in a town, city, nation? Um, and so, you know, I, I had a great privilege, really, to travel all over the world and to see some amazing things. And um, I, I think of um, each of the popes gave an encouragement to the renewal. So. Um, Pope, well, St. John Paul II, he, he said, spread the spirituality of the renewal. And when I think about the spirituality, you know, that, that sense of, as we heard in that quote from the Doctrinal Commission, the love of the Father going deeper, lo surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, moving in the charisms, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I saw that in so many places around the world. Um, but when I think of something like uh, Pope Benedict, who said, spread the culture of Pentecost. Um, I remember on quite a few trips to Brazil, they were beginning to focus on the culture of Pentecost. What difference does it make, and so on. And there was a big gathering prior to the World Youth Day, um, the year before, in fact, so that would be 2011. We had a worldwide youth gathering um, in Iguazu Falls. Um, which is a very ecological place, of course, in Brazil, and they're very concerned. There's all sorts of issues surrounding protecting the environment. But the first thing that we did 
um, as you know, leading all the foreign guests was we went in and we we went and we planted trees. So our first gesture was to welcome new life and to plant trees mm. obviously the whole thing of ecology offsetting the carbon footprint of bringing a lot of people from around the world but just that sense of standing planting trees in a beautiful place in brazil i felt that it had much more significance than just an ecological thing i mean that's important but i just felt we're you know, we're gathering as young people, we're planting for the next generation, we're sowing seeds of faith. Um, and that's all that encouragement from Pope Benedict to spread the culture of Pentecost. So, you know, I like to, as I go places and see big rallies and many people, you know, gloriously going deeper in the power of the Spirit, I'm always praying, and Lord, let it make a difference, not just in our lives, but let it make a difference in our towns, our cities, our nations, because that's what the Holy Spirit is about, renewing the face of the earth. Mm. I have many stories, but I'll pause. <laughs> now, I do want to ask that because, you know, before I kind of got involved with the movement, I'd never heard of any of this, mm -hmm. including the Doctrinal Commission. Mm -hmm. And I've just finished reading it, and again, going back, taking notes, or Alicia's going to get mad. No, no, um, <laughs> no but, it's, but, but again, it's one of these things that you read it, and you're like, I... I have no idea these things, but they're just, it's just not in my opinion. And I've actually been to a lot of parishes because I moved a lot. I was different jobs before. So I've moved to a lot of parishes. This is not common knowledge. Tell the listeners, what is this doctrinal commission? What is this document for lack of a better term? Yeah, the, the doctrinal commission developed really in response to questions that were being asked by the church bishops um, of the charismatic renewal. We had the office in the Vatican um, and bishops would write to us and they'd be asking theological questions. You know, uh, the renewal has come to my diocese. I don't know what it is. It's causing confusion. M my Catholic people are already baptized. They've received confirmation. Why do they need this new thing? Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So we'd be getting a lot of uh, questions from around the world. And we began to think, okay, we need to not just respond to an individual bishop or catechetical centre, but we need to begin to get some um, thought from around the world, theological reflection from around the world, that we can then present and say, this, this may be helpful to you. Um, and so that's how things began. We had a wonderful bishop working with us. Uh, from the mid to, to about 2006 onwards. He's gone to the Lord now, Bishop Joe Grech from Australia. Um, and he had a, f a couple of key theologians. And then what we tended to do was get some groundwork done and then invite theologians from around the world to bring the global perspective. Um, and so we do that, uh, first of all, working uh, different people on the document and then begin to draft something and then we'd bring people from the renewal together from around the world to reflect a bit more. So this whole process, the little book that you see really took about seven or eight years to work on, um, you know, because this is a laborious process. Maybe now, uh, because we can move a bit quicker with Zoom calls and that kind of thing, it, it might work more easily. But, you know, it's a fruit of many, many uh, reflections, many different drafts of things, and it appears very simple, but it's been very well thought through. 
Well, uh, I was going to say, and, and, and the big thing, though, is having to be reviewed, and I'm going to go back to the Vatican mm. piece in a minute here, but mm. having to be reviewed, I mean, you have to ensure that this is theologically aligned yes. with the Catholic Church. Yeah. So yeah. you can't just say, everybody feels good. And, yeah. well, baptism means something to the Church. Absolutely. So when you say baptism in the Holy Spirit, they go, oh, like to your point, mm. wait a minute, you already got baptized. What are you talking about here? Now they start looking, is this some kind of heretical, you know, this kind of schism, and what's going on here? So I can see that, but but to your point, you have offices in the Vatican. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not something that is just a, a, a group. I'll, I'll kind of say, John, you know, outside of Kansas City, doing this now. Mm -hmm. You are basically at the heart of at least the Roman Catholic uh, Church, and I'm sure there's coordination. How has this been received? Then is it like, okay, thank you, you've answered our questions, or is it like, ah, there's still more work to do? Well. What I like about our church is that every theological reflection is always ongoing. You know, you never get to the point where you put down the full stop. Um, so what I think we achieved in, in that document was a stage of the journey. And actually, when the document was published, and most people are reading that published document, there is no endorsement, you will notice, official endorsement from the church. Now, we had to wait for Pope Francis to come along to do that. So in fact, that journey has now been completed. And really, it wasn't a problem with the theology at all. That the, the key thing was terminology. And when you're working with different languages, this is when things get very, very complicated. So there was a question about the use of the words baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, in the French language, they may speak about the effusion of the Holy Spirit. In the English language, effusion, we don't really know what right. quite, doesn't fit. Um, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So, in a sense, you could say, well, who cares? But it, it does matter when you get into the mm -hmm. translations and everything. Um, but one, when Pope Francis came into office, the first time that he met the renewal publicly, he used the phrase baptism in the spirit. He said it's a, from the scriptures. So it, in, in a sense, that gave an endorsement mm. um, to what had already been written. So I always think with these things, the Lord is at work and there's more to be revealed. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're still on the journey. But I think it's been, what I think the document has done for us, it's given us a clarity. Mm. Um, and it's by no means complete, but it has given us a clarity. It's beautiful to see how the document kind of points back to, in some ways, the first pastoral and theological documents, the Moline documents. Exactly. And those initial documents kind of unpack the discussion of why do we use the term baptism in the Holy Spirit? And it's uh, it's an extraordinary unpacking, not only of of the term baptism in the Holy Spirit, of the movement of the Holy Spirit that is the current of grace of the Catholic charismatic renewal. But it's also this incredible theological document that, that really is um, pointing to Trinitarian theology. It's just extraordinary. Um, but you know, Michelle, there are people from all across this nation, all around the world, who through the work of the Holy Spirit have come into prayer groups, have come into ministries, have come into... Um, covenant communities, communities for evangelization, extraordinary works of the Holy Spirit. I'm wondering if you can share with us, one, the work of the Holy Spirit in those different realities of the renewal, and then two, how might this be a resource that could really bless the specific work of the different groups? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think when the Holy Spirit impacts you, 
uh, your life is changed and then how you live that changed life you know for some people the parish communities were very ripe for prayer groups to grow to flourish for other people they felt the need more to build uh, communities some of the communities were focused on particular charisms uh, ministries began to develop um, uh, around the world you know think of many healing centers all, all those sorts of things so there's many different fruits that that came and remind me of the question <laughs> no that's beautiful that was the part one the different realities of the renewal what are they how yeah. did they come to be and then secondly how could this resource really bless them in unique ways yeah i i think um what a document like that does is uh, it enables you to um to as it were look at your foundations you know, it's always mm. good to check the foundations of a building. <laughs> Sometimes things need patching up a bit. You can look and you can think, oh, yeah, I must be reminded about that. So some of that can help, you know, uh, to check the foundations, but also to, you know, build up and to, to strengthen things and to encourage. Mm. Um, when, when it, uh, one of the sections of the document speaks about the fruits of baptism in the spirit, I like to go back to that. It begins with worship. And then I like to think, whoa, okay, so how am I personally growing as a worshiper of the Lord? How is my community growing in worship? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So it can become something that can, uh, you know, be a, a, a tool for us to reflect of, on how are we going deeper in this current of grace? Mm. I know certainly as a prayer group leader um, here in Pittsburgh at St. Paul's Cathedral, I took a list of the fruits of baptism in the Holy Spirit and the graces of, of really the work of the Holy Spirit through the Catholic Charismatic Renewal into my first meeting with a pastor oh. and just shared, you know, oftentimes these are fruits and it was, you know, just extraordinary to see how that's captured in this document whether it's a deepening of faith, uh, a deeper awareness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and a, a closer relationship, or whether it's a deepening of uh, appreciating the sacraments, uh, especially of reconciliation in the Eucharist, just extraordinary graces that I think, especially as, as a prayer group leader, it was precious for me to have, mm -hmm. to have that mm -hmm. and to be able to share it in a way that... Um, really made not only I think the pastor feel comfortable with yes I want these fruits here in this parish you yeah. know it kind of gave that also um, a sense of the authority of the document yes um, and I think Michelle you wrote was it one over 150 renewal leaders from 44 countries yes just extraordinary <laughs> work that went into the document yeah. itself and and to be able to see the breadth of you know some countries have really, really strong formation in these things, you know, and they'd say, oh, you know, we train our people and so on. And, so. and then other countries, well, we do the Life in the Spirit seminar and that's about it, you know. Mm -hmm. So just to be able to learn from each other um, was such a, a, a marvelous experience when we have those colloquiums. They're just a term for meetings, gatherings in Rome, but with key leaders, always very enlightening. You see that this move of the Spirit is so much bigger than each of our own personal experience all over the world mm -hmm. indeed the spirit is moving now let me ask you because as you're training these people to go all over the world and and they're out there basically teaching them teaching the leaders you know mm -hmm. train the trainers yeah. as we used to say how 
I guess the you know how do I measure success with that? Is it is it a, is it a numbers? Is it a charisms? How do you guys look and say this? Because you, you said something mm. interesting. You said in some countries they might say, well, we've we've got life yes. in the seminar and we've we had a mm. thousand people where we did good. Well, mm. did you? And then this one says we've had twelve, but yeah. all of these things happen. Yeah. What's more successful yeah. in your opinion? I don't know if we can. A lot of the things of the spirit, it's hard to measure, but I think uh, to be able to look at. Um, is the renewal growing now? Is it growing numerically? People say to me, oh, but numbers don't matter. Well, I think numbers do matter, actually, and we make right. excuses mm -hmm. by saying, oh, you know, we were hoping for 100 people to come. Oh, only 60 people came. But numbers don't matter. The Lord brought who he wanted. I'm sure he did, but I think he wanted more than 60 people. So, I mean, ultimately, people have to accept yeah, it. Yeah. They have to accept yeah. it, and if they're not yeah. showing up, then they're not accepting yeah. so it. So we're, me we're, me we're measuring disappointment or managing I, disappointment when yeah. we say that. So numbers do matter. I think the, mm -hmm. you know, are we growing in the spirit? Are we going deeper in the spirit? I think that matters. Maturity in the spirit is a sign, um, you know, of the, this growth. And sometimes, you know, I, I used to say, when I look at groups that are doing life in the spirit seminars, are they doing life in the spirit seminars as outreach or are they recycling people you know so that there's, there's got to be a growth in this and there's got to be an outreach so I think these things are key I think numbers matter I think the quality of things matters and I think the outreach matters mm -hmm. I just to your point Michelle I love just the example of Pentecost itself the apostles go out speaking boldly, zealously in the spirit, and the Lord brings, he brings about 3,000 yeah. that day. Yeah. What a birth of the church, and what an extraordinary moment. But we do see the fruits of the apostles going from fear and hiding to going out as missionaries and martyrs. Even that first step is so extraordinary. Um, and then also the numbers. Yes. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, we would love to hear from you. Um, anything else that you might want to share with our listeners? Our listeners include renewal leaders, but also others who, who just are hungry for more of the Holy Spirit in their lives, maybe at the beginning of their journey. Um, while we also serve others who have been living life in the Spirit for decades. So anything that you might want to share. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to that quote that we, we began with. And, you know, just, you didn't read the whole thing, so I'm going to add two bits. <laughs> Sorry, I do know. <laughs> I figured you had yeah, this. Yeah, 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 I, I know this. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, the love of the Father poured into our hearts mm. um, in, just to encourage people to be more and more open to that life-transforming love of the Father. Um, and it's not a one-off, you know, when you get to, to know the Father, it's not like, oh, I know I'm a beloved daughter of the Lord. No, I want to know more and more what it means. So to grow in that relationship of being loved, allowing yourself to be loved by the Father, coming to know Jesus Christ. But the word in that document that's so important is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, people want Jesus to be their friend, to be their brother, to be their pal, but Jesus needs to be Lord of every area of our lives. And, and that's the challenge. That's the maturity. Am I prepared not just to say, Jesus is my friend. That makes me feel good. 
but to say Jesus is my Lord, therefore there are certain things that I need to surrender totally to him. You know, my family, my resources, uh, ultimately my everything. So that lordship. Thirdly, wasn't mentioned, but <laughs> this life in the Holy Spirit releases more deeply the grace of the sacraments. Now, the sacraments, of course, are the sacraments. But, I, you know, I can really testify that in my life, um, as I have been able to almost receive the Eucharist every day, I mean, it's such a privilege, but I just feel I'm being taken deeper and deeper mm -hmm. into the wells of the, the church through the sacraments. And, you know, for us, whatever stage of the journey, hear the invitation to go deeper into the sacramental life of the church. And then what the Holy Spirit does is that Holy Spirit fire. They didn't stay in the upper room at Pentecost. They went out. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, but we like to stay comfortable. We like to say, this is my prayer group. I love it on a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning. Or this is my worship time and it's me and Jesus and my worship songs. But all those things are given to us so that we may move in the power of the Holy Spirit so that the world may come to believe in Jesus Christ. And that's just what I want to encourage people to do. And it's a glorious journey and we've all got a part to play. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's let's read that full quote. And then, <laughs> Michelle, if we can pray, I ask you to pray for everyone who's listening, everyone who lis will listen in the future for that grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, um, and then we'll share with you a few ways that you can connect and go deeper if you're interested in doing that. So, all right, so the full quote, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> baptism in the Holy Spirit is a life-transforming experience of the love of God the Father, poured into one's heart by the Holy Spirit, received through a surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It brings alive the sacramental baptism and confirmation, deepens communion with God and with fellow Christians, and enkindles evangelistic fervor, equipping a person with charisms for service and mission. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that we can uh, be in a place where we want to listen and receive from you. We want to be in that place where our hearts are open for more and more of that love of God that's poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And I just pray now for anybody who needs a deeper touch of the love of the Lord that. Uh, you would meet with them, Father God, that you would just pour out your love and take them deeper, deeper into that life of the Blessed Trinity. And may we come to know what it means to live under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that this is a freedom relationship. It's not an oppressive relationship. It's a relationship of freedom because uh, you take us, Jesus, uh, under your Lordship and uh, as we bend our knee uh, as we truly submit to you. Graces are poured out, graces upon grace, and with that there is a freedom. And we pray, Holy Spirit, Lord of life, you'd renew us in every fiber of our being. You'd renew our minds, our hearts, and our whole beings. And that this would be something that happens day by day, moment by moment. Just come right now, Lord, and touch 
everybody who's listening, just touch them in the way that they need to receive your touch and take us deeper into the life, this life of total transformation. Take us deeper and give us every boldness that we need to be able to share this saving message with all those that we meet. And we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Um, Michelle, again, I want to thank you very much for your time. Like you said, you came across the pond, <laughs> and that was that was a little farther than the river. So thank you again very much. And Alicia, before we go, though, we do want to let our listeners know, number one, uh, we're going to keep telling you to go out to the website, PentecostTodayUSA.org. But we've got an event coming up in October, and really quickly, please. We do. So Jesus 2023 is our national leaders meeting. And at that national leaders meeting, we will have an extraordinary weekend of drinking deeply of the Spirit. So the theme is Drink of One Spirit. Everything kicks off with Ralph Martin giving an exhortation, the body of my son is broken. And that really is a moment for all of us who are participating to, to enter into that surrender and to enter into a penance and healing service that will come immediately afterward, our response to that word. And the next morning is really focused on unity and community. We, we surrendered and then in the morning Saturday where we enter into this moment of receiving not only unity with our Heavenly Father, but unity with brothers and sisters in Christ. And then that morning concludes with Mass celebrated by Bishop Peter Smith. And then in the afternoon, everything kicks off with two, two very special workshops. So one is street evangelization workshop. And this is not only for those who are thinking of street evangelization as I need to go out into a city, but a workshop that really equips to be a missionary in everyday life. And whether that's your workplace, your school, within your family, we're gonna pray for that equipping. Uh, but then there also will be a very specific street evangelization time of equipping as well. It'll be in the form of a skit. <laughs> so um, then we'll move into a workshop that is focused on um, prophetic intercession and worship that will be led by Misty Edwards. Um, and part of that is really engaging the grace of the place the International House of Prayers there in Kansas City, where we'll be, and Misty Edwards has been a part of that ministry for many years, and that's really, her ministry is praying with scripture, proclaiming scripture as she is entering into worship and intercession. So that workshop, those two workshops actually, will lead us into an afternoon of either staying and praying and entering into prophetic intercession and worship led by renewal leaders from across the nation, or going out and doing street evangelization there in Kansas City. So we're not only receiving, but we're being poured out there at the national leaders meeting. And everything leads up to this moment of um, really praying for the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit Saturday night. If people have already received, we're praying for a renewal of that grace. Um, if they have never received before, especially if they accepted an invitation during the time of street evangelization to come into that evening session, they'll receive for the first time. And really, we, we, are, we are entering into this moment with expectant faith. Um, that moment will lead into what for us is a very special time and that we'll be announcing a nine-year novena. And so the entire weekend, um, we will have 
praise and worship happening throughout the night, Friday night, Saturday night. And the vision is that that this is really a launching point for the nine-year novena that will begin in 2024. So those are just a few highlights. There's much more. Archbishop Nauman will celebrate Mass. We have a number of other speakers, including Sister Nancy Keller and, and just extraordinary renewal leaders who will be ministering to those who come. Um, but no, again, this is open open invitation. So if there's maybe a young Joshua in your life that it's been on your heart to reach out to them, to raise them up, or simply to introduce them to baptism in the Holy Spirit, know that they're welcome. And yes, so... <laughs> That's a lot. That's good. It is. And again, you can. it's out on the website. So we encourage it people is. to go out there. Um, what are the dates of that? October 20th through the 22nd okay. this fall. And I have my ticket, so I'm ready to go. Steve will be there. You can meet Steve. You can meet a lot of our team members. All of our board and council members will be, um, I shouldn't say all, many of them will be there. We have about, we have 14 board members and then about 50. We're building towards 72. Um, and they are renewal leaders from across the nation who really serve and support this national leaders meeting. So we'd love to meet you. And one other encouragement before we close um, we want to invite you, if there, if you were listening to Michelle today, or if you were hearing about the Doctrinal Commission, you just say, you know, I just, I want a simple, easy way to share this. Go to our Facebook page, go to our Instagram. Um, you can find all of those through the website, which Steve shared. And know that there are just simple quotes. Every Thursday, we have Theology Thursday, and we share a quote. A lot of those quotes are scripture quotes from church fathers or really practical theological or pastoral information that's quick and easy to share. So we just want to encourage you to do that. So we are we're so thankful again. Michelle Moran, it is a joy to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, and thank you for listening. 